Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm a feminist, and I think I've got to the point where my life is too busy and full to want to be a mother, but I'd love to be a dad. understand <laughs> oh you just don't want to push it out no it's um the tradition is it a, is it a, the traditional roles of mother father often the mother does more of the caretaking yeah, and the boring but, stuff but mm. you're a feminist you'd have to do 50 percent of the work even if you're just a dad oh no i i do realize that it's more a commentary it's more a social commentary that joke oh sorry it's more a commentary on the way the way fathers sometimes get to parent I see how I ruined your joke I'm sorry <laughs> I just didn't understand no no it's a good it's a it's good to clarify that yeah. it is a joke <laughs> we've reached the point in this podcast where we've gotten so many emails and tweets from people doing their own I'm a feminist but so I'll I'll try and read some of these today I'm a feminist but the other day I received an unsolicited dick pic at a moment in time when it was actually quite useful <laughs> And so I put it to use before I wrote to the guy to tell him that he should never do that again. Do you want me to explain this joke? Yeah, I don't get it. Put it she to would, use? She was wanting. Well, to frame it? Or what? <laughs> to a dick pic. She was having a little bit of meat time. To a photo of a dick pic. The only way I can see a dick pic being useful for wanking is if you like printed it out on rubber <laughs> like, and folded it together what you 3d printed a dick pic oh, oh and God, i've finally amazing. seen it used for the 3d printer okay i get it now sorry i'll understand the next one i'm a feminist but when i took my 15 year old niece to euro disney last week I asked someone to take a photo of us with some of the characters who wear suits. And the person stayed seated. And I said, hey, do you mind standing up? You don't want to give Minnie Mouse a double chin. 
it was not Minnie Mouse I was worried about, but she still looked offended through the suit. (laughs) And I felt ashamed that I had said it in front of a teenage girl and made her feel like it was important. But camera angles, guys. I mean, (laughs) just basic maths will tell you don't take it. Just stand up if someone says take a picture of me. Wait, what basic maths? Never to the math as well, like, right, here are the angles for not looking fair. Why don't you move on and say yours? <laughs> I just didn't think we were going to, like, fat shame Disney characters. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. That's, that's why I said I felt ashamed. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, this is another submitted one. I'm a feminist, but the other day my male boss, that's... Do you need to say male? Called yes, me. Yes, you do. <laughs> It's a, it's a social commentary on... Oh, okay. <laughs> My male boss called me sweetie, and instead of correcting him, I took it as a sign he was in a good mood and used it as an opportunity to ask for an extra day off. <laughs> I'm a feminist, and when I took my niece to the Louvre in Paris last week, and we were looking at the Venus de Milo... And a guy behind me actually pointed to the statue and said to his girlfriend, come on, she doesn't have abs, she's got rolls of fat, look at her. I turned around and said, are you actually fat shaming the Venus de Milo? Why don't you slut shame her as well? I mean, she's got her tits out. And I felt like that made up for the Minnie Mouse gate. This is also a submitted one. I'm a feminist and was incredibly annoyed by the sexist objectifying comments online about the Olympic women's beach volleyball team. But then I watched the men's gymnastics. (laughs) I'm on board with that. Live from the Gilded Balloon at the Edinburgh Fringe. This is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. Today we are talking about not having kids. Yes. Um, So can we just get a mmm if you're a mother? Mm. Mmm if you're a father? Mm, if you're neither. (laughs) Somebody very pleased about that decision. Hashtag, I just dodged a bullet. She's just done the pregnancy test this morning, hasn't she? It's just a, fuck, I'm going to have to ring my mum. Not a parent! But that's putting it in perspective. Go, mm, if you have parents. Yeah, so we do appreciate them. Yes, absolutely. Parents are important uh, for all of us because none of us are here without them. Even if we don't know them, somebody had to do something for us to be in the room. And, that, and then somebody, somebody had to parent us at least in some way in order for us to be at the fringe. I don't think you get to the fringe without any parenting, do you? And you certainly don't survive a fringe as a performer uh, yeah, if you've had no parenting I, I, I of any compla- sort. I was complaining to my mom about like losing a lot of money on going to the fringe. I was like, oh, and it's going to be raining and it's so much money and oh, the venue and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, why are you going? And I was like, huh. <laughs> That's a really good point. <laughs> so what was your challenge? Where are so you I, not having children well, or having I, children? I don't think I want kids, but I also know that I'm 27. So I know it's, you know, I, it's kind of weird. I, I, kind of, I know you can change your mind. I'm aware of that. At the moment, I don't think I want kids because for the first, like, 15 years of my life, I was raised by, like, some grandparents who weren't, like, the nicest people in the world. And I kind of functioned as, like, like an extension of them. Like, I kind of was, like, you know, I was kind of there to validate uh, their existence. It was always, you know, tell us how much you love us, do this, go get... I was never asked how I was, what I liked to do, what my hobbies were, what I wanted to be when I grew up. I was just always like a shadow of them. And I'd only got out of that when I started doing therapy. So I've only actually started being a whole person at the beginning of my 20s. So I've only been a human for like five or six years. (laughs) Meaning that 
If I was to have a child now, and then I'd have to obviously focus on that child for the next at least 18 years, then I've just never really lived. And that's my main concern. And, you know, then there's the whole thing about, you know, I have a job and, you know, it would be difficult to travel, etc. But I would make, you could make it work. I'm 100% sure you could make it work. So for my challenge, I was seeing a guy a while ago. <laughs> And he really wanted kids, and we talked about it a lot. And he was one of those people who annoyingly say, oh, you'll change your mind. And it was kind of the subtext was always, I can't really go into a relationship with someone if we're not going to have kids. So we stopped seeing each other, but we're still, we're still in touch. And then yesterday we were texting, and he said that he was going to do a children's gig here in Edinburgh. And I was like, oh, no. That's the ultimate test. Like seeing like a guy you slept with just be really good with kids. <laughs> like if anything was to change my mind, that would be it. So I was like, I'm on my way. He said, no. I was like, fuck it. I still, I'm still going to go. <laughs> and I went and I saw him just be really funny. Like he was so good. Like he entertained those kids and they loved him and the parents hated him, which I loved. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, I don't want kids. <laughs> If I don't even want it with him, who's so good with kids and who's actually funny, I was like, yeah, it's not gonna, I don't think it's gonna happen. But it's good to know, you know, I might have a backup plan if I <laughs> change my mind. Still single? Good. Cause, uh... <laughs> so you went to see him with children and yeah. it didn't sort of melt your ovaries? It, it, it did, but not enough. Not enough to actually... Yeah, there were some really cute kids, like a little f fat boy with glasses. I fucking loved him. <laughs> Oh, so there was like a magician on as well, which is, you know, awful. And <laughs> I don't want a magician shame, but that's exactly what I'm doing. And <laughs> magician shame. And they that's had... comedian privilege over magicians. <laughs> can I just yeah. say, you, you're in the power group there. I can, I can say that. My brother's a magician, so. <laughs> but they, the magician had like three kids on stage, and, and two of them were like really, like, pretty I know you can't say it about kids but you know like confident and loud and like woo I'm on stage and then one of them was just this fat girl and she was just like really shy and I was like that's mine that's the one <laughs> that's me that's the one I could oh I want that one uh, but that's not that's not you how it works you didn't actually take that one though did you just to be incredibly clear well that was my challenge take a kid <laughs> take a child from a public place and live with them for 48 <laughs> hours to see if you could do it and then just drop them back in Bristow Square So not having kids, not having kids, being a person of no childage. A friend of mine was talking to a woman she met at a party, and the woman said, oh, I don't go skiing anymore, it's too dangerous. And my friend said, yeah, me neither. And the woman said, um, yes, but I've got children, so if I die, it's a tragedy. <laughs> and honestly, that often feels like society's view. If you die, it's a tragedy. If I die, eh. Really annoys me, except I know that deep down I'm kind of guilty of it. Because recently I drove to the Latitude Festival, and in the car was Sophie Hagen and two other friends. And there might have been a little incident on the motorway <laughs> where I paused on a hard shoulder for a second too long and then was unable to get out to the hysteria of the passengers in my car. Now, at the point where I did actually go for it and a truck blasted its horn and everyone went, ah! We all saw our lives very slowly flashing before our eyes. Now, there were three people in the car who were child-free, including Soph and me, and there was one person in the car, very, very close friend of mine, who has a little girl. And the rest of the way there, after someone else took over the driving, um, <laughs> we had to pull over at a motorway service station so I could put him on our insurance... Hashtag feminism. <laughs> I'm just not used to motorways, all right? Stop judging me. It's not because I'm a woman, it's because I'm a shit driver. <laughs> and those things aren't the same, but sometimes they are. 
so we so by this time he's driving everyone's relaxed and confident uh the, the tunes are on the radio everyone's just bantering high-fiving jokes 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 do you fancy a sweetie all of that normal road trip stuff and of course i'm participating but in my mind all i'm doing is seeing the death of my friend with the child and what I'm imagining is her husband shouting at my husband and saying, your wife has lost my daughter, a mother. And I'm just seeing that over and over in my head. And my husband going, I'm really sorry. Yeah. Um, and that's just going on. And all the time I'm like, yeah, it's a great tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm seeing over and over and over. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't really think about the deaths of the other passengers at all. <laughs> except to think, well, if Sophie had died, she'd have joined the 27 Club. <laughs> I would have made her the Kurt Cobain of comedy. <laughs> I would have done her a favour in a very real way. She would go down as a fucking legend. <laughs> and then I thought, oh, but how would her mum feel? And that was the sadness. How a mum felt about it. <laughs> Not how Sophie might feel about her own life, but how a mother played into it. And I realised I could not stop at a motorway service station and put anyone on the insurance for my skewed view of the fucking world. Now, I feel like I should go out on a bigger punchline than that, but as I don't have one, we're all just going to have to sit in a minute's silence thinking about Sophie Hagen on the 27 Club. Thank you very much. I love how you, you know me well enough to know that my dad wouldn't give a shit. <laughs> You've implied that in the past. <laughs> so, Sophie, Sophie passed away. Sophie? Sophie, Sophie Hagen? <laughs> Your daughter? No, the tall one. Um, Tom Slinsky, producer of the podcast. Yes. Um, is there any water? Uh, Just it's our first it. day. It's our first day, so we haven't yet. We, he was too busy setting up all the blankets. Uh, I texted him. Blankets. I texted oh, him you while texted you him. Yeah. Oh, that, were you texting during my stand up? Yeah. <laughs> you almost killed me. Oh, fair, enough, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. No, when fair she, enough. And when she stopped on the hard shoulder, one of our passengers just got out of the car. Like he was he panicking. Didn't, he didn't get out of the car because we he stopped him. We pulled him back in. <laughs> But if that we is die, we all die together. <laughs> Essentially, that is what we said to him. I no, genuinely said... I just didn't like, see how getting out into the car, into the, into the path of coming lorries, was going to up like his chances of He felt like you were more dangerous. Um, I was sending texts to like, everyone I really cared about, just going, hey, just so you know, I love you. <laughs> so, no reason, but I, I, I love you. <laughs> Sophie actually said... When I said about, you know, I just keep thinking about the morbid fantasies about having killed you all, and Sophie said, oh, I texted my mum and, and warned her it might happen. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been a she good She likes punchline. to know those things. Yeah. I, uh, my challenge, I decided, because I had four years of fertility treatment, I did want children enough to, yeah, it didn't work out for me. Um, two things, I've got a thin womb lining. Only part of me that's ever been accused of being thin. When the doctor told me, I was actually, I was insulted. I was like, unfortunately, you're too thin for babies. Fuck you. Um, so I had thin wind mining and my eggs were just rubbish. So I did various things. I had IUI and then I met my biological family. I'm adopted and so I found my biological family a couple of years ago, sort of by accident. And my sister in New Zealand, Mel, who was my new, brand new sister, she said to me, one of the first things she's, you know, we, we were sort of sitting around, one, like it was literally the first night, and I was sitting around with my sister sort of having a bottle of wine in my bedroom in my birth mother's house. And she said, do you want children? We've all got children. Do you want children? And I said, well, look, actually, when I go back, I'm going to start trying because I have to borrow an egg and I've got a Russian egg. Um, it's hard to get eggs in the UK for various legal reasons, but Russian eggs were easier. So I said, I've got a Russian egg. She said, oh, don't use a Russian egg. You don't know where it's from. And uh, I said, I, I do. I do. The key thing I know about it is it's from Russia. And she, and she said, well, there might be a smaller egg inside that one and a smaller egg inside that one. You could be Octomum. 
and I thought, good point. She said, I'll give you an egg. I'll give you an egg, and then the baby will be related to you. And I went, oh, Mel, that's a really big offer, but I've literally just met you, and emotions are running quite high, and no, I'm going to give you an egg. And I said, well, we'll talk about it when I get back to London. No, I'm going to call the fertility clinic tomorrow. I'm giving you an egg. <laughs> the next day, we were at brunch, and uh, Devon was, uh, my birth mother was ordering for us, and we are all sitting there having a lovely chat, and Devon came back and sat down, and she turned, Mel turned to my birth mother, who I've just met, and says, Mom, I'm giving Deborah one of my eggs. And Devon said, do you not want the full breakfast? <laughs> and she said, no, Mom, not one of my eggs, Benedict, not one of my eggs, Benedict, one of my eggs from, from my body, so she can have a baby. And, uh, and she, she came over. I thought, oh, God, Devon's going to think I've turned up for an egg and a, and a kidney and a payday loan. Um, but she did come over, and we went through this amazing therapy together, and it didn't work, but I honestly felt like we'd sort of taken on biology together and, and lost, but in another way we'd won because it really made us sisters. And uh, this year, Devon brought over Mel's daughter, Jade, who's 15 years of age, and Jade's big dream was to go to Paris. So I said to Devon, my birth mother, I went, um... So when you're over here, are you taking it to Paris? And she said, no. And I said, do you mind if I do? And she said, we all hoped she'd say that. (laughs) So I got to take Jade to Paris, and it was the most extraordinary thing because... And this is where I think as someone who... I haven't had children, and I've come out the other side of that. I was never super emotional about it, to be honest. I thought I wanted to have uh, one child, or maybe twins on IVF, and then that would be it. But it didn't work out, and I then sort of went, do you know what, I've got so much going on in my life, I'm not going to spend the rest of my life sitting around thinking about what I haven't got. What I have got is incredible. And I decided to make myself more of a third parent in other people's lives. Not without their permission. (laughs) But one of the things I was able to do was take Jay to Paris, show her Paris. This was like a dream come true for her, take her up the Eiffel Tower to have dinner. And we really, really bonded. And at the end, I gave her a card... Uh, she'd had all these amazing experiences and I just said Jade you know you know how small the world is now you're only ever a day away from home and the world is yours but you've got to know your worth just know your worth and I said to her never ever fall in love with anyone who doesn't know it and never fall in love with someone who won't go on adventures with you and then Mel contacted me and said I read that card and I cried and I said just someone other than your mum and dad sometimes needs to say you are worth it you are wonderful and so I just feel like that's something I can do because I don't have children I don't have to spend all my time and money on them I'm not sort of frazzled around children you know what I mean not that all mothers are frazzled I don't mean that all parents are frazzled but you've got children all the time (laughs) they are like tiny coke addicts that's the moment I realised I didn't want kids was when my friend had a child and I went to visit her and I realised that it was just always there when I imagined parenthood, I just imagined, like, in montages, like, that one time when you do the diaper, then that one time when you're playing with them in the air. But it's all the time. Yes, if that is the only thing about it. And it never stops. Like, you put them to bed, and then they get up. And you give them the iPad, and then, then they drop it. You know, it's just awful. <laughs> It's like, I want to see it's like a tiny baby just go hold the iPad hold the iPad you give a newborn baby an iPad and the and baby's like I can't even it. hold my head yeah. it's just it is all, it's relentless in its nature and that also is what gives you that special bond and you know I also know I'll never be a mother and I'll never have that special bond and sometimes that makes me sad Ugh. It only really makes me sad when people put pictures of their really adorable babies on Facebook. Oh, I'll send, I have a friend who puts photos and it's really ugly. And I can send you those. I would never say... Look shame a baby. 99.9% of the babies I've seen are beautiful, but this one. Are you? Which makes it adorable. It's like ugly dogs. It's still cute, but it's like... Are you assuming that that person doesn't listen to this podcast? Yeah. But that person doesn't know. Do you know what? All my friends will be like, huh. That person, whoever that person is, they'll think that's not my baby because my baby's adorable. Exactly. Safe, safe. It's true. Everyone thinks their baby is adorable. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. 
Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Ladies and gentlemen, this woman is comedy, is Scotland, is wonderful. Please put your hands together for Susan Cowman. Susan Cowman! Hello. Hello, I very much enjoyed the social commentary so far. <laughs> the social commentary's been top. I enjoyed the translation of you telling a joke and then Sophie just going. No. <laughs> that's Very the kind of type relationship we have you, you, you need a double act partner who's going to go I didn't get it yeah. uh, on like behalf of the people who didn't get it I felt they laughed <laughs> politely yeah. but at if home, they didn't get it there'll be Danish people at home going uh-huh. yeah, yeah it's true because in Denmark they all stupid what no <laughs> in, Denmark, in Denmark I think fathers and mothers have more 50-50 don't they or is that Sweden that's it, always sweet. Yeah, have, have more 50-50 what? You just need to explain Everything. to me as well. I like the fact you're sandwiched between two people who have no time. idea what you're talking about. Baby time. I actually, Baby time. I, I actually looked up a study on this about whether or not having children ups your happiness in general. And these things are only trends, but you know they do these studies on what makes you happy. And things like gardening and singing and choir do genuinely... Gin. Gin. Gin makes me happy. Gin. <laughs> Why don't you sing in a choir having had a bottle of gin and see if that... Oh so I could just sit at home and have a bottle of gin, though, can <laughs> I? To be fair, to be fair. I'm very low maintenance. I'd rather not leave my house at any point in my life. It's No, I, I totally see that. But uh, the, what the study said is, yes, parenthood does affect your overall happiness and can up it, mm. but mostly if you're a man. Um, that's what it says. But I would like to suggest, is that mostly if you're a primary carer, it doesn't up your overall well-being? Cheesy peeps. Um... <laughs> so, I'm not even drunk for this. Uh... That's a, it's a lot. If it? I, can I just uh, explain mm. my perspective on this yes, whole please. children thing? So, speaking as a lesbian... Um... <laughs> hashtag I, diversity. Ha- has- hashtag lesbian. Hashtag... <laughs> Hashtag Claire Balding. Um, I didn't know you'd had a hashtag with Claire Balding. <laughs> She's very nice, as is her wife. So, I've always felt, as a lesbian, slightly more pressure to have children because I have a wife. And people expect if there's two women in a relationship, you'll have more children. Like, you know the alien queen in Aliens? that's just popping them out left and right. They expect that we'll have one after that, we'll take turns in having kids and we'll just be having loads of... Because we're two women, so surely we must want to have more children than is humanly possible. Mm. I don't know if I can have kids or not. I have no idea. All I know is I have never had a maternal bone in my body. I have never... And I I so want to do a bone in your body joke now. And I feel... I've only had one of them in once, didn't like it, and... <laughs> I did it just to check. We were all fine. No, it's good to be, good to be well, sure. Well, you know when you're young and you know you're gay and then you think, I better just check in case I'm just doing it for attention, and you do it and you think, no. <laughs> 
you just do you suddenly doubt and think I'm doing it to annoy is, my parents? Well, you, yes, you don't. There is a point where you think, no, I really am very gay, and then you think, well, maybe I am just doing this because it's you know something that you do to get attention, and then you do it and you think this is disgusting. <laughs> so. Never, ever, 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 ever wanted children. I am terrified of children, right? I do a lot of children's BBC, which I have no idea why. <laughs> I do a lot of children's BBC, and children are like cats. They can tell when someone doesn't like them. <laughs> I've got a, a small niece and a, a nephew. My niece is five. She lives in the East End of London. She sounds like Dick Van Dyke on Helium. It's... <laughs> Auntie Susan, Auntie Susan, can we sing Frozen again? <laughs> when she comes up to Glasgow, it's an embarrassment, I'll be honest with you. All right, Governor, all right, Governor. Speak properly, young lady. And my sister emailed the other day saying, um, Grace is going to school, and there's three days where my sister can't look after her, there's no necessary, could I come to London to look after my niece? Now, I love my niece, truly love my niece. I do, she sounds like it. Yes. I suspect I'll love my niece more when she's 16. I think of myself as the aunt that's there when she is older. (laughs) I thought you were going to say when she comes out. Well, listen, if she does, I'll, I'll march in a parade with her. There's no problem at all. But my wife is much better with children. I am not good with them. I sit in front of them and go, what would you like to do? (laughs) And they're like, oh, let's play a game, let's play a game, let's play imaginary post offices. And it's like, (laughs) I don't know how to do that. I don't... Can we not just sit here quietly watching Judge Judy? Is that (laughs) not... Imaginary post offices. When are these children? In 1955? Yes. I don't know a child that knows yes. what a post office is now. People constantly ask, when I got together with my wife, they said, because everyone's all bloody PC these days and ask lesbians if they want children. Do you want to? And I was like, please don't ask us. Let's go back to the old days where gay people weren't meant to have children. It was just much easier. <laughs> And most of my friends don't have children. It's funny. Well, the ones who have children, I find, move away from the cool areas. I don't know whether they then just change their address or die. It's not clear. (laughs) But they're not there anymore, are they? When your friends have children. My best friend was due, like, two days ago. And I haven't had a call, so I hope it hasn't happened yet. Uh, But, yeah, it was... I mean, I, was, I love her a lot, but when she told me, I was like, oh, so we have another, what, nine months of friendship left? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know I, I'm... Gosh, you turn easily, don't you, as an audience? <laughs> no, I just, it makes sense. Like, we all, you know, she lives in Denmark. It always, we already don't speak that often because, you know, she has just been doing her PhD and stuff. And, yeah, that's a baby. Yeah. Then the baby. It, it's yeah. not against the law for you to contact her, though, after she's had a baby. It's just, you know she'll be busier. Yeah, like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm not saying, like, well, goodbye. <laughs> Sometimes I'm not like people are going to send her a letter saying, it's been lovely <laughs> it's knowing been nice you, but knowing frankly, you. I don't want to know your baby. <laughs> um, but there is a thing, I think we do psychologically cut off people with children, because we think, oh, they won't want to come to the party, because they'll have to get a babysitter, and I think it's really important. I think less about them and more about me. <laughs> Yes, I'm less concerned about whether or not they can get a babysitter. I'm more concerned, genuinely, I'm 41. I've only got so many years left on this planet. I want to talk about Doctor Who and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and, you know, things like that. And um, it sounds very harsh, but, I mean, this podcast is about being honest about things, isn't it? It is now. Okay. (laughs) Look, I know if you've got kids, that's great for you. It really is great. I am so fucking pleased that you have children. (laughs) But do you don't wanna, call Susan Calvin. Do you want me to? Do you want to ask a question about me? You sit there. I went out with a friend. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I went out with that, and I was made so. She's lovely, and she's got twins and two other kids. Her decision, and <laughs> we went out for lunch with her because she needed someone to hold the twins while she went to the truck and all that kind of stuff. And I was left with this tiny premature child thing. And then she came back and she was like, oh, the twins are feeding very well, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, my God, this is the most boring conversation. <laughs> no, I, well, I, I have a, a, another friend who has kids and you know Snapchat, right? You can put photos up of your children on your timeline and then you can hide those photos if you don't want to see them. But my okay. friend sends them to me 
So I get like five a day of his kid. <laughs> and I, I was in the same city as her once, and we were about to meet, and we were like five minutes away from the cafe, and then she texted me, oh yeah, I just picked up whatever the kid's name is. And uh, she knew, she knew, she said the name. And, <laughs> and I had to just go, and I could see the cafe, and I just had to turn around and go around the corner and go, oh shit, I just forgot. Because I'm going to sit with just children? We're not going to be able to talk about it. But the thing is, Jay, I've got... I'm going to be very honest with you. Uh, amazing nipples. <laughs> what? Like, I wouldn't send amazing people nipples. pictures of my nipples. Like, five... I wouldn't send you, Sophie Hagen, five pictures of my nipples every day. I mean... You know, we're all proud of things, but, you know... <laughs> I am so going to send Sophie a picture of my nipples. Please. Please do. Could you copy me in? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, do you ever feel judged for not having children? Yes. In what way? I think sometimes, well, A, there's an expectation because I'm, a, uh, as you've all realised, a very jolly person. <laughs> and uh, I'm slightly large. And they think, oh, you, do you know, there's this, when you look at someone and I've got a nice smiley face and they think, oh, you'll have kids, that'll be great, you'll have kids. And it's just an expectation that, you know, you'll just have kids. And my wife and I did talk about whether or not to have kids, but only because we felt the pressure... And to be honest, the pressure, I think, as a woman is the expectation. You know, you get to your mid-twenties and people say, when are you going to start having kids? And actually, when you just say to someone, I just don't want to, they go, oh, you must be harsh. You must be, Mm. you know, you're not a loving... I am a very loving person. (laughs) My niece and nephew, I'm there for them. Whatever they want when they're 16, I am absolutely there. (laughs) You know, but I just personally don't feel comfortable at children's parties and I just... Oh, I'm, children's I'm, parties are awful. I'm if you don't have a child. Yeah. And I, I'm really good with children. I used to be a nanny. And <laughs> I... I know in my gap years I was a nanny. And I love my nanny children so much. I love them as if they're my own children. And I'm aware that that's not true. But I feel like it is. But I'm aware that people with children love those children more. But I would go under a bus for them. And, mm. you know, uh, I mean, not... I wouldn't want to. Um, oh, if, if... Oh, OK. I thought, if I, I, thought I, liked, I thought I'd like to entertain them. I was like, I don't think... <laughs> I just didn't understand why you would it's want like, to. It's like <laughs> listening to a conversation on time delay. It's beautiful. <laughs> Sophie just I'm suddenly sorry, goes, just oh, hang on, oh, right, no, I got that yeah, now. Yeah. No, if one of them was in front of a bus, I'd push them out of the way and die myself. Oh, then say that. Yeah. <laughs> Justin, Justin. I just thought it was like a... No, no, and not, not dressing up in a clown suit. No, 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 no. Um, but they're all now, because I was on my gap year, so I was terribly young when I nannied. I was almost a child myself. Please take that into account when I explain the children are now grown up. So they all went to uni not that long after me and uh, are now grown-ups with jobs. And one of them, one of his jobs, is he works on Global Pillage, which is my comedy panel show uh, that demonstrates that people other than white straight men can do comedy in panel shows. I do not agree. <laughs> That's why I haven't booked you for it, Susan. Um, I, there's nothing I like more than listening to white straight men talking about how difficult it is to be a white straight man. I know. It is they, they, so There's so enjoyable. many permutations of the difficulties they all have in the world. I know. I'm... Having privilege and never having a problem. I know. It's, it's, it's tough. So Ned now works on Global Pillage. He writes the questions. And I think from that, I've, I was a great nanny and I just, you know, but I've sort of had that through my nanny kids and I'm now sort of slightly reinventing that through godchildren and nieces and nephews. And I just think, in a very real way, I'm going to be less valuable to other people's children if I have my own, because I've got more time. And I think, how many parents in the room would like it if somebody else who was a, someone with something to give would sort of third parent their child in a way and sort of just take them out to do something or invest in them in a, in a way? Just say, mm, if you would like that. Oh, not many. No. Most of them are like, fuck off. No. <laughs> Leave I think my children, you, you, I'll take I mean, my child talk, to the V&A, thanks very much. You're talking about jumping under buses and stuff. I think they're afraid yeah. you're going <laughs> to... Not me doing it. Someone you know, someone in your life, like an aunt or a best mate or something. No, they no. don't want it. I think that the thing is, the only other thing that I think is important is admitting why it is that you don't want to have... To, for me, mm. I have a pretty terrible depression and have for, for many years. And... I think there is a genetic component to depression, without question. 
And I really don't want to have a child in case that child has any of those traits. I've got lovely traits, but I also have some pretty awful ones. I'd prefer to be there for Grace, my niece, and say to her, if I recognise any of my traits in her, to help her out than passing it on to my child. So it's actually kind of... Some of it was a, a genuine decision to say... I'd rather kind of not have that responsibility because if the kid was half as miserable as I was, it would be terrible. So I've actually done a good thing by not bringing more misery into the world, quite frankly. But if you are depressed to do have a child, that's also a great choice. Oh, of course it is. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you have to say that after everything. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag inclusion. Yes, yeah. so we'll get tweets, Susan. We'll get tweets. Yes. If you are depressed and have children, you are valid, etc., etc. I'm simply saying that from my point of view, as a depressed person, I'm a feminist, but I'm also depressed. I don't think it's fair to have children. I am in no way passing judgment upon you as a depressed person if you've chosen to have children. If you're a lesbian who's had children, well done to you as well, quite frankly. If you're transgender and you've had children, if you're a gay man and you've had children, if you're a combination of all different sexes in the world or no sex at all, congratulations to all of you for having children or not having children in any way that you want to do. Well done, all of us, for just being fucking alive. Uh, We're going to play that. We're going to play that at the end of every single podcast. We ever do from now on, just so we umbrella covered Susan Cummins' giant feminist umbrella that says, We hear you, we see you. And if you're dead and listening to this, I apologize <laughs> for not including you in that. If you're dead, well done as well. If you're listening from beyond the grave, I'm sorry for not including you before. I apologize for my lack of inclusion. Hashtag tell someone else. <laughs> Fucking exhausting. You know what I mean? It's so tiring. Oh, it's exhausting. Do, no. do we have any questions? Oh, yes, sorry. The audience. Anybody dare ask a question? <laughs> yes. And if you're a tired person, I apologise for casting any aspersions on you being tired. Go on. <laughs> Hello. Hello. I am fortunate enough to be surrounded by people that I think are very progressive, um, especially considering this particular issue. Despite this, Well, 7% of women in the Western world are now choosing not to have children. That's quite a lot. Seven out of every hundred. And 40% of pregnancies are unplanned. I don't know these statistics normally. I looked them up this morning. Um, so do you think if it goes up from 7 to 15%, will it be no, just do less you know stigma? What it is? Do you know what I think is? It's about any form of stigma. I grew up in Glasgow where Section 28 and Clause 28 was about, and there was a lot of stigma about being gay, and it's getting better simply because people go, I'm gay and I don't care about it. I don't care what you think about me. Here you go. So what I would suggest is you just have a, a sign or a badge saying, I don't want children. Just wear it <laughs> constantly. But the more of us that say we don't want children, there's nothing wrong with us, we're not bad people, we simply do not want children, then it'll get better. But there's always going to be people who see women in particular as people who should, is part mm. of our role. But, you know, just if there's a stigma attached to you, just go, well, OK, there's a stigma attached to me. I'm going to own the stigma. That's what I like to do. I like to just own it and say, you think I'm some form of, you know, big butch dyke. Well, fuck it. <laughs> Do you know, this is important. This is important. This is the one thing that, that, that guys do, I think, slightly better, especially comedians. They have a go-fuck-yourself attitude. And I think... I, I'm trying to get this this year. Sophie and I were talking about this, of just... Uh, I've sold out my run at the Pleasance. I'm doing bloody brilliantly, and I'm still sitting going, well, I hope I'm doing OK. When I should be walking through the Pleasance courtyard, balls out going, yeah, go-fuck-yourself. <laughs> Uh, 
Andrea Ledson said during the Tory leadership... Oh, she was a lovely one. She said... <laughs> she, she said, and I think she was asked this question by a journalist, so I'm framing this, but it was something like, do you feel you're in a better position because mm. you've got children? And she said, well, yes, I do think I'm in a better position to lead the Tory party rather than Theresa May because I've got children, so I'm more interested in the future. Then she said, but I don't want to say too much about it because I think Theresa May wanted children couldn't mm. have them. So there was sort of real, you know, as a childless woman, it's a punch in both sides of the face, that. But it was the same, but, the Labour leadership, the guy that's running Owen, who Jim O'Watts it, was yeah. criticised because he said about Angela Eagle, I've got a normal family, or it was something, oh, it was something oh, like no. that, which was an, I, I absolutely believe is probably an unintentional but a generic kind of, this is how we feel about, I've got kids, therefore I have a a normal, conventional family. She's a lesbian. She clearly isn't. It's not a deliberate prejudice necessarily, but it's just something that people have ingrained in them. But do you know, when I thought about what Andrew Ledison said, I thought all my friends who were the most active and concerned about what's happening in society... Honestly, they're the ones without kids who've got the time and energy to invest. Mm -hmm. The ones with kids, I'm sure they care about the future, don't get me wrong, but they are also going, can you please put your shoes on? And (laughs) spending their time cleaning up vomit. And it's like to ask them to give a fuck about the future, about where the environment will be in 100 years' time, is a a bit much. (laughs) Also, do you want to just... Imagine when you have kids, you're going to have to hang out with other parents... Yeah, I know a lot of my, oh my friends who have kids complain about that. They just go, you just get stuck. It's like being at school again. You kind of just get stuck with whoever you're sitting next to. And there's a man in the front row going, oh, God, yes, it's really awful. <laughs> do you, have you had that happen, sir? Yeah. Do, do you have to hang out with parents and do you hate them? Uh, hate them. Right? I worked, I worked in a kindergarten and I met some proper, sorry, cunts. Like, there was one... No, but there was, like... They were just really awful. It's not really a fun note to end the thing with. It was just this... Oh, there's this little kid who was so sweet. He would wait till he couldn't hold his pee in any longer to take his a whole... You know, the little body suit... What do you wear? What do you call them? The Onesie. Baby grow. Do you call it that? And I, I can relate to that. You know when you go... No, I'll just hold it until I get home, and then halfway you're like, oh, shit. But... You're a child, you can't get the big snowsuity thing off. And then he kept pissing his pants, and it was such, oh, it felt so bad for him. And I was always like, ooh, 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 like changing him again. And then his mom would come and just be like, oh, what are you, a child? Is that it? Are you just like a little baby? A little baby? And I was like, oh, and she was like, oh, we're going to have to just do the laundry all the time. And I was like, oh, I felt so bad. I just imagine having to know that that happens. Mm. You should adopt kids. a child like that, Sophie. But then I'd have to adopt all yeah. of them. There were so many. That's, yes, you would. It's the reason I was fired was because I spent too much time with specific children because I was like, th- these five kids are being neglected by everyone. So I need to, like, so I would, like, <laughs> I would, like play the music from my iPod. And, like, and then, like, the kids who were doing well, who, bad, they're fucking. And then, but then there's really sweet kids. I, but I would buy them presents and stuff, and that wasn't, it wasn't professional. <laughs> he just wanted, he wanted a little red truck. And I mother predict had, you're going oh. to become a Brangelina. I think you were going Mary to... Marry a hot guy? Or or a hot woman. And you two are going to be yes. some kind of celeb... Jennifer-lina? Jennifer-lina. Jennifer-lina. And you yeah. are going to start adopting children who I would have otherwise... Yeah, but I would have to choose them myself. I'd go, that one, because his dad's a cunt. And that one... And I don't you think don't that's how adoption works. You don't get to take children from parents. That's what I'm parents. saying. <laughs> those are works. the ones I want. <laughs> Give it up for the wonderful Susan Kalman! Susan? Yes? Do you have anything to plug? Uh, I have written a book called Cheer Up Love about the fact I have depression. It's very funny but also quite serious at the same time. You can read it if you like funny or serious. Or if you don't like anything at all, I include you all in my written here. <laughs> Hey, listen, whatever you want to do, just you do it. That's all I'm going to say is just you have a good fucking life. That's all I care about. Deborah, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, yes, uh, Global Pillage, which is on uh, 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th here at The Fringe, but also you can listen to it at globalpillage.net. It is a panel show that has people who aren't white straight men in it. Sophie, what would you like to plug? Uh, I have uh, my own podcast called Made of Human, which will be launching very soon. And uh, it was just me talking to people I find really interesting about stuff. 
I find interesting about them. And uh, you, if you like the Guilty Feminist podcast, find us on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating and a little nice comment if you want. And uh, find us on Twitter at GuiltyFemPod or Facebook. We have a Facebook group called the Guilty Feminist Podcast. And we're on Instagram <laughs> at the Guilty Feminist. Are we on any other social media platforms? Find us. <laughs> you can find us. We're plenty of places. Yeah. You have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with Sophie Hagen, me, Deborah Francis Knight, and our special guest, Susan Kalman. The recording engineer was Gary Boyle. Music was by Mark Porch. Producer was Tom Selinski for The Spontaneous Shop. Thanks to everyone at The Guilty Balloon and Butler and everyone at SoTV, as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. Oh, it's lovely when you say it. Cunt. I've had a cunt of a day. It's quite a posh Scottish cunt, isn't it? Well, I am doing, I'm doing kind of my Miss Jean Brodie. I've had a cunt of a day. <laughs> I, if I say it in my original Australian accent, yeah. I've had a cunt of a day. <laughs> That's not attractive, is it? If you're Australian, don't say it. <laughs> so, if you are Australian uh, and you want to say it, of course, you are within your rights <laughs> to say it. We at the Guilty Feminists would never tell you what to say and what not to say, is that right? We include all accents. Yes. Equally Absolutely. for usage of the word cunt. Sorry, Sophie, you were saying you met some cunts oh, at a kindergarten. <laughs> at, a, at a kindergarten. Hi, this is Sophie with a little message. I am touring my new show all over the UK and Denmark starting in October 2016. You can find details and tickets on sophiehagen.com. But a little quick note, if you suffer from anxiety and therefore have some special needs, say if you need to go into the venue before the audience or if you prefer a specific seat or if you need to stand or anything like that, Email me at anxietytour2016 at gmail.com. That's anxietytour2016 at gmail.com. And we'll figure something out. I'm working on making all of the venues anxiety safe. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to sort something out if you need uh, that to happen. I'm also working on making all of the toilets gender neutral. Uh, for all of the information about that, go to sophiehagen.com, where you can also find the dates and the cities and the tickets for all of the shows. Hope to see you there. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com.